You're incognito, Kathy. I was incognito. <laughs> you're like so stealthy, like the perverted podcast listeners wouldn't even know you're there unless you spoke or something. Well, if you recall, you were at my place the other day and you logged in as Boogie. Oh. And so, yes. Yeah, so I had so, to go into. So it's my fault that this took so long to get working. Isn't it always? That's right, because I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man. And I'm Look. to blame for everything, because I'm a man. Look, you, you have the penis. <laughs> it's not my fault. If you carry the penis, you carry the blame. Bam, there's a button right there. If you carry the penis, it's like a, it's, it's, it's a gospel song for the Church of Cock. <laughs> if you carry the penis, you take the blame. Gush, 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 gush. Holy Spirit of Cock. <laughs> Glory to Jesus, no. Glory no. to God. Stop it. <laughs> Thank you, Headley. <laughs> that song goes out to Headley, the show sponsor. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to be so happy to hear that. True worshiper of cock. What? I didn't. I don't know. We're all. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put down the guitar now. You haven't had your guitar out in a while on the show. I miss it. I, I miss having a place and a thing and a. Yeah. Just, just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you, man. Kathy! Buggy! Kathy, I get it. <laughs> uh-huh. I get it, Kathy. I had, a, I had an epiphany. And it's going to uh-huh. sound weird. It's going to sound like a weird epiphany. But I have one. Okay, and, I, I just have to interject here and say that all your epiphanies always sound weird. So that's no big surprise. Okay, well then I have consistency, which is another epiphany. Because I never really thought I was consistent. But no! <laughs> I get it because we're get beginning all these letters. They're like all supportive. They're like, "Hey, keep going, keep going, bug." You know, it's it's cool that go, you guys are going through all this stuff, and and yet you still do a show. You know, it's like I live in a car, and you you know you're locked in your sister's place, and you know we're we're <laughs> we're dealing with all this shit. <laughs> you know, and sparing our listeners a lot of details. A lot of very ugly details so we can keep the show fun and be positive and come on. And I just all of a sudden realized as I'm setting up and the computer's now dying and everything else is dying in my life. I, I, and, and I'm constantly trying to go, got to get a show, got to get a show, got to get a show. And and then the show starts and then I'm gonna, supposed to be like, blah, blah, you know, hey, it's a show. And I realized that's actually a hard thing to do. Yeah. It like after all this, after years of being insane and you know manic, this and that and all the things, and then just turning around and just do a show, you know. And I realize that's that might seem really hard for some people. That's your epiphany. It is. It's hard to have a miserable, shitty life and then turn around and perform and try to give coherent information and keep my head in the game and you know and you have to keep your head in the game and it's like all this stuff that we go through in our regular lives which is not glamorous right now right you know and then to turn around and all of a sudden be like hey let's pick up the guitar and sing a song about cock you know (laughs) 
I'm like, for a lot of people, that must seem like really hard to do. Well, for a lot of people, that is really hard to do. You know, just because you got used to it doesn't mean it's not hard. I, I just, Leah Spencer and I just call it going on Broadway. Just going to, yep, here we go. It's showtime. Curtain goes up and action. You're very Bob Fosse in that way. <laughs> Chess hands. Chess hands. Who the hell's Bob Fosse? Isn't that the guy that that tells us about the diseases and stuff? Oh my god, really? He's a he was a choreographer. He did Chicago and Sweet Charity. He was one of those famous he jazz hands. That's Bob Fosse. Bob Fosse made up jazz yeah. hands. Well, goddamn, yeah, is he still alive? Unfortunately, he passed away. Well, then goddamn it, let's just take a moment <laughs> and all hold up our hands. And make jazz hands in memory of Bob! Go, Bob! Yeah! The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play! Jazz hands. <laughs> go, Kathy. That's you. You go first. All oh, right. Hello, and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and perversion with jazz hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Recording live uh, from different places as Boogie and I try and put together a coherent show for you and fail miserably. I'm Kathy. <laughs> I am Count Boogie, and damn it, Kathy, it's it's a it's a day. It's You're a, day a little manic right now. I'm a little manic, but I'm also very excited uh, because I like the topics that we're going to be talking about today. And, and of course I love it when we can finally get to, I can't call it hate mail because they were nice, but it was challenge mail and they challenged something that we said on the show or did on the show. And I'm like, Oh my God, (laughs) it's like so rare that people speak up and tell me I'm full of shit or they think I'm full of shit that I'm very excited to uh, talk about it and have a conversation about it. So we're going to get to that a little bit later. Yep. But right now, yes, Kathy, I'm a little manic. Mm-hmm. And it's been a little rough because obviously the cases have not gone down. The opening that we did in Los Angeles is not going to last. The restaurants have now been shut down. Things are shut down. I took a shower this morning at the gym. Uh, hoping that it's not my last workout and shower. The gym's only been open for two weeks. In three months, I've had like five showers. So I'm kind of like, well, we're going to see what happens. So there's a little bit of tension. Just going to say a little bit of tension. Yeah. So it kind of came to a boil. That You know, it's always that one little thing. That little thing. Like, you're, we're... Kathy, you and I are very resilient. We've had we've had challenging, interesting lives. Obviously, people in the world have had much greater challenges than us, but we're not going to denote the fact that you and I have had some challenges in our life. Right. So this is challenging it, right now. It, it's pretty hard. So I'm getting food. You know, I've had a r- kind of rough day, manic, you know, blah, 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 you know, cut, cut, you know, all that stuff. And I'm in the car and I'm like, I'm going to go and get some food. And I want a sandwich because somehow that's like, you know, I've now put my sanity on this, you know, 
food, you know, it's going to, you know, got a, got an eating disorder, you know, comfort food, you know, it's, it's normal, whatever. Fuck it. Right. Go get some ham, go get some English muffins, you know, whatever's cheap and, you know, food stampy. And, uh, you know, I put it all together. I have mustard in my dash, uh, glove box because that's who how you make it. I mean, who, who doesn't? doesn't? You, you got, I have sriracha, mustard, <laughs> and all of my Taco Bell and Dell taco hot sauces in my da- uh, glove box. And that's, you know, where my little kitchen in the car. So Uh so (laughs) I get my stuff. I put it and the whole time. The bugs are now coming back, which means I'm allergic to bug bites. So I'm starting to be eaten alive, which makes me more mental on top of that because the heat's coming back now. So in my car, there's now a bug. And when there's a bug in your car, you have to get it out or it's going to torment you in that small space until it dies. Oh yeah. Or you die. So there's this little bug and I don't know if it's a bitey bug but it's kind of like a little fly thing and and it's like one of those fucking bugs that doesn't have a filter and it's like I'm going to fuck with you. I'm going to buzz around your ear, I'm going to buzz up your nose, I'm going to get in your business. Because I don't know better. I don't understand that you're 75,000 times bigger than me. And you want every ounce of your soul wants me dead. But I don't care. I'm going to fuck with you. So it's like, and I'm trying to make my sandwich. And it keeps landing on my fucking bread. And it keeps land, you know, buzzing around my face. And I'm like, a fucking swear to God, I just want to eat my fucking sandwich. And it's just buzzing around. And I'm all, don't land on my fucking So I get the Uh sandwich ready and I take a bite of the sandwich and the thing's still kind of there. And I'm just, you know, just fucking, I swear to God, bug, just let me eat my fucking sandwich because I'm losing it. And the fucking bug lands right on my bite, like where I just bit, like right in the middle of the fucking sandwich bite on the meat where, you know, that teeth mark right in the middle. Just please tell me you didn't go all postal on a bug. Kathy, in that moment, Uh the only thing I could do, because you want to slam it, you know, you you get a shot at the bug, you got to take the shot, you know. Sometimes you break your finger, sometimes you break a car window, sometimes you break something, but the bug has to die. So, you know, you take the swat. I didn't want to swat at my sandwich. And so I'm like, you fucking son of a fucking bitch. And all I could do was as fast as I could, I fucking bit. And I ate that fucking bug. Fuck you, bug. So. I saw it. It was right by my mouth. I fucking just, I just went. And I sat and I chewed. I chewed Kathy with that look of death in my face. Like, fuck you. Because you got to push down that revulsion that I just intentionally ate a bug. Yes, I'm revulsed right now. (laughs) Let me just ask you something before I continue. No, I can't find a therapist, Kathy. Or is this a a real thing that happened? Oh, yeah. This was yesterday or day before yesterday. So I knew something was going to go bad when you called me your dysfunctional friend <laughs> and went all, you know, baby talk on me. <laughs> you're my friend. Kathy, you're my dysfunctional friend. We can be dysfunctional together. You and me together. You get a that stuffy was... and I'll make you chocolate milk like I make from that you. It was a scary moment and I, I thought this is not going to be good. What's the show going to be like? Because Boogie's going to have a fucking story. But never in my wildest dreams 
Did I think that you would tell me you ate a bug just just to get your revenge? Just to just to stop it. Just to st- I just want to eat my sandwich. I got to I got to say that the size of the bug is going to weigh heavily in my decision to continue with this show. <laughs> was it a tiny gnat? It was a me- it was like in between a small fly and a gnat. So it was like a medium. There I mean definitely if it was the only thing in my mouth I might have felt a teeny little crunch. Okay. That's the difference. There's a difference between a gnat and a huge fucking housefly. Yeah, I would have sucked that thing in. (laughs) I didn't taste anything. And uh, when I farted later, I laughed. I really laughed. I said, there goes this soul. (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, as a fellow food addict, I, I I get the... The this is my one comfort food right now, and you had the fucking nerve to land on it. I, you know, <laughs> I would have done something drastic too. It's so fitting that I have a song for this, and I oh, will put no. it at the end of the show. It's an EDM okay. song that I make. It's my one of my favorite EDM songs I ever made, and it's called "I Ate a Bug," which I never thought would come to true. Well, here's the thing, Kathy. I watch um, Pig Patrol, the fishing guy. I think he's in Nebraska or whatever. I love his channel. I just watch him fish. He's kind of he's really cool. He doesn't give a fuck. He's he's down to earth. He's got a really cute girlfriend, and he's always out there fishing at night with the lamp. And so bugs are flying around his head, and he's always like, "Swallowed a bug, fuck, swallowed a bug, spit, goddamn." But you're fishing, so I guess that's part of. So I think maybe. There was a part of me that I wanted to connect with the outdoorsiness uh-huh. of the pig patrol guy. and uh, Yeah, that's a good spin to put on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you did it. <laughs> Isn't it great that I... That. <laughs> me- shit. <laughs> enjoy yourself, Kathy. Just enjoy yourself. Hey, man. It's not my fault. I'm trying. That's a lot of post hoc reasoning you're doing right there. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Just putting on fat life stuff so you can stop fucking giggling. Okay. Obnoxious, uncontrollable giggling. At my expense, might I say. It's like Mew. Like Mew can't contain her laughter at me. There's like, are you laughing with me or at me? It's like, no, this is definitely an at you moment. But Boogie, you realize that your way of dealing with, well, you have a few ways of dealing with this, and one of them happens to be to inject humor in it and to <laughs> give someone else that story in humor. And so the rest of us are laughing because that's what you're doing, but there is a, a kind of uh, sadistic I don't even know how love. to say it. Well, it, we don't know what to do when you come at us with these stories about eating a bug because it dared to land on your sandwich. I mean, what do you do? We either going to call the guys with the butterfly nets or we're going to laugh along with you, right? <laughs> I think. <laughs> I do Warner Brothers all the time. I mean, blah, 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 blah. yeah, get the nets out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on. Show. Oh, I do you have yeah. something to talk about? No, I really don't, because every time that you give me a story like this, I, I actually, I'm not doing that great, but I am more stable than you right now. We just happen to be at places, in the past, I, I've been worse, and you and I have gone up and down that scale, and right now, I am, I'm definitely more stable and doing better, and so I think, gee, maybe I shouldn't follow up Boogie's I Ate a Bug story with creative explorer and i drove down pch and ate some fish and chips on the fourth of july and had a good time 
That's good, though. <laughs> I love nice how your to... voice got really high. It's really good, though. <laughs> Bless your heart. Bless your precious fucking heart. <laughs> Isn't that nice? You went and drove down. Did you give him a little hand jobby in the car? <laughs> no. We actually couldn't eat. We went to Neptune's Net, which is a really great fish and chips place. <sighs> but because it's closed, they're, they're doing something really... Really interesting and creative. They're doing this drive-through service, so you pull into their parking lot, you order, and then they hand it to you, and then you got to go find someplace to eat. But guess what? L.A. decided Man. to close all of the beaches this weekend. Yes, because of, as we spoke about already. So, what their way of really getting people not to go to the beach is to basically prohibit parking along the entire PCH area. So they've got cones up everywhere you can't even pull up on the side of pch and just sit in your car and look out at the ocean so wow. we're like we got these fish and chips what the fuck do we do with them we had to find a neighborhood somewhere and go and park and uh eat it on our laps <laughs> and then they called in on the police there are strange people eating fish and chips on our lawn <laughs> our 75 million dollar fucking malibu home is now being infringed upon by these crazy fish and chip eaters that's exactly right it was a really hoity-toity neighborhood and we're like someone's gonna call the fucking cops on us <laughs> of course that guy helps you deal with mental herpes let's put a logic on them on our brain now we're better protected from a king shaming world for your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. And this week, we have someone who has my absolute favorite screen name so far. That's saying oh something. It's a lot of years we've been doing this, right? Wow, I, I, did, I didn't even pay attention to the screen name. What, what, what is this <laughs> illustrious I name of I don't think you're title. even going to know what it is, frankly. It's Mr. Darcy. Now, I am a huge Jane Austen fan, and Pride and Prejudice is my favorite novel, and Mr. Darcy is my favorite, you know, male hero, hero character. He's just amazing, and when I saw this, I'm like, oh, Mr. Darcy. <laughs> so this, is, this represents your number one spank bank go-to masturbation guy. You know, it's hard to beat Miss, Mr. Darcy. I mean, there's a lot of great uh, older novels out there. Wuthering Heights is great. Um, uh, but Mr. Darcy, yowza. There, I don't think you could write a better male character, even some of the more modern ones. It's, it's just one of my favorites. So Mr. I'm like, well, I'm already just prejudiced in favor of this guy. Let me see what he's got to offer. And he had a really You're, good I got a little bit of moistness in your chair. You're like, <laughs> let's, I don't care what the fuck this guy wrote, man. He could be writing about crapping on a pile of marshmallows and it'd be great. Thank you, Mr. Darcy. He's also got some fucking balls choosing that name because I got to tell you, that's a lot to live up to. <laughs> and I'm sure now you've made him feel very comfortable. And very you know, grateful this, that he gave I, me permission, right? I got this crazy-ass show host fucking, ah, I thought it was a joke. I don't even know what it was. My girlfriend calls me Mr. Darcy. I thought, <laughs> I, I thought that was, I thought that was from fucking uh, Married with Children. Marcy Darcy. He was Mr. Darcy, wasn't he? I have no clues. Or something. <laughs> 
No, I have no clue whatsoever. No, I don't even, I don't know anything about our poster as, as usual. I make a point not to look at their profiles because I don't want to be prejudiced in favor or against them in any way. And I want the post to stand on its own. So I just thought the name was cool. And he wrote a post called, It's Okay to Ask. Ah. And he's, yes, it's very nice. He says, I had someone message me recently. They were relatively new to kink and they wanted some advice. The question related to how to get her dom to do more of a particular thing she wanted. My answer was very simple. Ask. A dynamic should be satisfying and fulfilling for both. You choose to give your submission, but that doesn't mean you give up your right to have a say in your own desires and needs unless that's what you discuss and agree to. If you're not in a relationship or dynamic where you can feel you can communicate openly, either because you feel that you'll be shot down or just because they don't want to hear anything other than their own voice, then maybe it's not the right one for you. Too many use kink as an excuse to angrily boss people around without any actual regard for the person that is so willing to do what they can to please and obey. Every dynamic is different, but it should always be okay to ask. It should definitely be taken on board and perhaps agreed to. And if you're a very good girl, we may even let you have it. Oh, Mr. Darcy. <laughs> oh. You know, after you sh- that you read that line, you're just like, oh, oh Mr. Darcy. <laughs> that was a good thing for him to say. <laughs> How many times did you read the last line of that guy's post thinking of Mr. Darcy in your mind and masturbate? Shut up! Get out of my head! Twice? <laughs> Uh, okay just to be clear it wasn't this dude it was the fictional character mr darcy i got off to okay yeah but because the name is mr darcy you kind of have his voice (laughs) while you're reading this post and you're like mr darcy is so wise it is true you should be able to ask whenever you want (laughs) i love this is so good this validates my love for mr darcy i'm gonna get that sucks Get that suction cup vibrator that Headley bought me and fucking yerk my <laughs> Do you know, this is, to this day, I have had two chances to use that fucking thing. You know why? Because I have only had two times where I am alone and can pull that thing out and not worry about anybody walking into my room. Because there's no lock on my door. Well, and there's always somebody in the fucking house. And I really have to experiment with this thing. This isn't a quickie, you know, two in the morning, under the covers, one, two, three, I've got it down, right? No, this... My orgasm sounds... That's what mine sound like. They're pretty pathetic at 52. I think it's coming. I think it... Ah, that was great. Yay me. <laughs> no, I really need to get some alone time so I can pull out that thing and get more proficient in it, Boogie. Headley bought it for you. You got to use it. You got to just get in the car and go up to the mountains, try to attract a wild deer or something with your moans. Do you? This, I have got this image in my head of me trying in my car to use that thing. You, are, of all people, should understand what it's like for a fat person to try and masturbate. It's not easy. You got to find the junk first. Well, you so, know, which that, means you got to be in a lying down position or on your side. No, no, because yours is right out in front of you. Mine is between my legs. I have to be lying on my back with my legs wide open. 
and oh, not yeah? worry, not get it, be able to get out of my own head and not worry because someone might walk in or hear the noise. Or, you, you know, know what? Well, Mr. Darcy could figure out how to get that fucking <laughs> jewel working. I'm sure Mr. Darcy, who lives in Pemberley, would uh, absolutely... So you know what the problem is? Is that every fucking time I pretend I'm Mr. Darcy, I always turn into a Scarlett O'Hara accent when he is from <laughs> England. <laughs> it's like, no, it's set in England. It's not down south. God damn it. I know. We've gone got way off the Pride and Prejudice deep end here. Most of the listeners are going to be like, shut up, Kathy, already with your stupid Mr. Darcy. And I'm sure the poster is like, you know, I wrote a blog. I thought they were going to talk about it. <laughs> Spent fucking 19 hours on my goddamn name. I don't even know what it means. I gave him fucking permission. This is what I gave permission for. <laughs> this is fucking... Poor dude. Won't, won't make that mistake again. Okay, back to the post. I'm now dizzy with a caffeine headache. Um, we all right. The post. Okay, here's here's my thought on this because I read this post. Mr. Darcy said what I would hope someone would say um, in this regard when somebody asks, "Is it okay to ask?" The answer, of course, overwhelmingly yes. The answer, undoubtedly, you have the right to ask whatever you want regardless of what your dynamic is, even if you have negotiated, if you have negotiated that you are not allowed to ask, you can still ask. There is no law on the books that says you can't ask a question. Now then, the other person may reject you. The other person may look disappointed and fuck with your head. You know, there are absolutely a number of responses. But it is exciting to me for other reasons, Kathy. Uh This topic is exciting to me to other reasons, and that is that it is so good to revisit the basics. Yes. And this is a kink basic that you ask, that anyone that tells you you can't ask is trying to take away you. They're trying to make you not a person and make you a thing. And after you have asked and talked about it, and negotiated what level of person or thing you're going to be for that person, then by all means, you know, if the dynamic is hot and you like it and you like giving up all your control and not having any say or ability to ask for things that you like or more of something that you like, like this post talked about, then that's fine too. But it's exciting that we get to revisit these basics. And I know for our Perverted Podcast listeners and myself, I'm like, we've talked about this probably 30 times in the history of this show. So it's kind of, for me, it's exciting because when I focus on those basics as a person who's been in the lifestyle for 11, whatever, 12 years now, it excites me because it's so easy. Train. um, Train. (laughs) Car. You have to say it every time. Every, you can't, you can't even hear it, Kathy. You can it's like barely hear a, a kid listen- playing in the in the street, and a car would be coming, and someone would yell "car," and everybody car! would get on the sidewalk. <laughs> right. So, yes, just know, perverted podcast listeners that are newly tuning in, I live by the train, or my storage is by the train tracks. So, when we revisit this, it is so easy to forget those basics. So. Of course, to the new person, I absolutely agree. Ask. These are all the foundational things that we tell people that are new to the lifestyle that have those 
honest questions. Am I supposed to do this? Because I read in a romance novel that we're not supposed to do this and that's bad form or something. So, but to the people that have been in the lifestyle, it is so important because it's, it erodes. Those basics will erode over time. Negotiation, which we're going to talk about uh, in a little bit. Um, consent, uh, self-identifying, self-actualization. All of those basics is so easy to forget. So it's actually very positive to come right. back as an experienced person in the lifestyle and revisit those basics. That's why it was so great teaching orientation. Because I'll forget shit. I will absolutely forget shit. Yeah. And from, I have to say that from a, from the submissive or the bottoms point of view, um, you know, there, there may be two legitimate reasons that I can think of off the top of my head that definitely played into, you know, my, have played into my life. Number one is probably the easiest to dispel. And that is that you're, you're new and you don't really, you have a misunderstanding about the dynamic of the power exchange. You don't really get it. Someone either sold you a bill of goods or you read something and you've, you've landed on this misconception and you assume that as a submissive or the bottom, you're not actually allowed to ask for um, anything, that it's actually yeah. poor form, which that one, again, as I say, easy to dispel. Listen to anybody who's been in the, in the community and they will tell you, you, know, you absolutely fucking need to ask for what you want and speak up and communicate. So um, it may seem counterintuitive because you are submissive and you're supposed to do as you're told. How is a submissive who is, has to do as she's told going to ask for something? But that's, it is, it is an actual thing. The other thing is that you may be a person who just has a problem asking for things throughout their entire life. And that one's a much harder one to deal with because you're now in a dynamic, in a relationship in which communication and asking for things is is so important to the success of that relationship that you're going to have to find a way to get over it. And that's a, a, the category that I have fallen into because even now when it's definitely gotten easier, uh, but sometimes when I, I have to verbalize either something that I'm asking Creative Explorer or something that is difficult for me to say, it's like fucking nails on a chalkboard. It's so hard to do and I'm cringing the entire time and I'm fumbling over my words. Um, it is not fun is what I'm saying. Don't, don't, don't get bad, you know, upset with yourself if you go through it and you fluster and you just do it all wrong. That is something everybody who has this issue is going to go through. Just fucking get through it. Don't worry about what it sounds like or what it looks like. You're going to have to ask. And and I do like that he says that if, if unless that's your dynamic, because there absolutely are people in this community who have that dynamic. And the the ones with integrity and responsibility who engender uh, that kind of really uh, great respect are the ones who say it up front. They will flat out tell you, this is the dynamic that I want. I don't. I'm not, I'm someone who lays down the law and while I will listen to you, um, it's really going to be my say that, that is going to take control most of the time. You have to be okay with that. I don't agree with that and I would never get into a relationship like that, but you got to respect someone who lays it all down the line and, and knows ahead of time, this is what I want. And there are people that are looking for that. Yeah, there absolutely. Are abs there are absolutely bottoms submissive types that are absolutely looking for that. But once again, I don't know. 
I think about that and I heard that come out of my mouth. I still don't think that you can say something up front and say, this is how it is and fuck you and I'm the law and whatever. I think there still needs to be some sort of check-in, I don't know, maybe monthly, (laughs) bi-monthly, to where you reevaluate that because there are changes in feelings. And we actually got a a question about that. I don't think we're going to deal with it in this show. Uh, That talks about feelings in the DS dynamic and what do you do and how do you uh, navigate that. But I think even if you lay down the law that there is a certain responsibility as people change and emotions change and whatever to revisit that. So that way, it's not something that gets lost and eroded, kind of like those basics I talked about a second ago, that it is important to to reestablish this is what we did. And and in some ways, that's what the contract is for, that you when you do a DS or MS contract with your uh, partners, that it's all written out. This is what we agreed to. You signed it. You agreed to it, so if you want to know what we're thinking, uh, look at the contract. Right. So I think some of those things are are kind of important because it is easy to get over time. Things do change, and the dominant may change. And the dominant may be like, well, I just kind of want to be more of a daddy right now. This whole controlling when you pee thing is getting old. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's it's exhausting. But... um. I will say that we we don't talk about this. It's not a popular thing to talk about a lot, but there are communities out there. There are people who follow the whole Gorian uh, rules who sure. really get into, and, and not as any play, as a lifestyle, who get into the whole, I'm the master and you don't have a say. It, and, and my rules are very strict. Now, <sighs> They're not necessarily that popular as a whole in the BDSM community, but they do exist. And I don't, I, I think we would be doing a disservice to our listeners if we didn't at least discuss the fact or at least bring that up that you might encounter a group of people or one people, one person or uh, a whole uh, community who that's, those are the rules that they, that they live under. Just be aware that that's just one thing that happens out there. It's not the only thing. Well, I think that's kind of important, and I think that's really, and once again, we're going to tread on thin ice with a, a certain community, the, the entire MS uh, leather community. Uh, it For many years, that was at the forefront, that this is how it worked, the old guard, and you did this, and you started as a submissive, and then you worked your way up and became a master, and there was all these rules and traditions, and this is how it works, and this is, you know, it was very... Uh, very organized. And then, of course, there was tons of infighting and, you know, righteousness, just like any church of who has the most perfect uh, MS relationship. But as it probably about 10 years ago, a thought came in to most of the BDSM communities that, hey, what if people just got to do what they wanted to do? And we, 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 it wasn't an automatic. You're going to come into this lifestyle. If you're a female, you're going to be a submissive. If you're a male, you're going to be a dominant. Um, there's no such thing as a switch because that's just obviously a confused person. Uh, once that started to leave and people got to choose for themselves, we have noticed a great reduction in the master slave, the 24 seven master slave community, because it is true. Most people do not want that. Most people 
want to be more free. They want to switch. They don't want to have a full-time dynamic, you know, and that's wonderful that the community of people that want that dynamic have the ability to be there, that the MS community, the leather community, the Gorian community, all of those kind of traditional rigid communities, they have the ability to be there and to have classes and teach. But there was a lot of butthurt that happened when people started going, I don't, I don't want to do master slave 24 seven. I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Yeah. So there was a lot of that pullback because there was a lot of changes. And so there was a struggle period that we went through and hopefully we're getting to a more neutral place where it's like, Hey, there's a lot of different communities and we can now all be together under this umbrella of whatever you want to call it, you know, kink, BDSM, sexually alternative lifestyles and such. Yeah. So if you're you listening know, to this, that's just a lot. That's a, it's a good thing to take it to remember is that you, there's a lot of history there. You're, you're not alone if you're a little confused. The bottom line is you got to do what feels right for you and, and work your way through it as you go along. It's okay to ask. Extra tight, inappropriate uncle hugs. Oh, you've grown up so much. We don't know what to call this. Get your guitar, Boogie. I get the guitar. We're like, listener disagrees with us. It's okay. Send us an email. Listener disagrees with us. It's great to have a conversation. I should probably work on that, huh? <laughs> I love the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really didn't have... Really didn't. Ran out well, of room not, for syllables. <laughs> well, it's not a host topic. It's not perverted mailbox. It's not some fucking advice. So you know, we can, you know, mm. I have. I'm not going to tell about the show that I want to make regarding hate mail. Um, but let me tell you, it would be amazing. Oh my god, I wouldn't listen to that. I'll tell you. Right it now. would. It would be amazing, Kathy. It's empowering and whatever, teaching mm-hmm. you to not be as hurt by things people say and stuff like that. It's actually really good. But let's get okay. into this. This was a great, great email. Go, Kathy. All right, Blitz wrote to us, and uh, they said in episode two sixty, Boogie is talking about negotiating a scene. Quote in character. This troubles me deeply. For me personally, if I'm just playing top or bottom at a club or something, that might work, but not if I am in an actual meaningful power exchange situation. Within the BDSM community, there's plenty of talk about subs sometimes not even being willing or able to use their safe word. If the sub is even possibly in a different headspace already, or the top is, that's not genuine communication and definitely not negotiation or consent. Your conversation goes on to recommend negotiating with a cool hint beforehand. But I am quite uncomfortable with the situations described as, quote, clever ways to negotiate without breaking the mood. I'm not trying to be judgy, but the Discord folks encouraged me to share my thoughts with you. So there you go. First of all, before you get into it, let me just say, good for the people in the Discord. Neither Boogie nor I, no matter how sensitive we both are, because I'm definitely a delicate flower. Neither one of us. Neither no, one of you're us not. Wants, yes. Neither one of us wants to live in an echo chamber, and we we get a lot of emails telling us how great we are and how the show has changed our lives. And believe me, we absolutely love that. 
but to hear things like this where where you guys want to create th- there's a reason why we choose these topics is we want to create a lot of discussion and not all that discussion does not mean that everybody is going to agree so this this was a great thing and I, it was brave of them to do and i say thank you for doing that was that your response to, oh that's just the warm up that's a warm up i want you to respond cuz you already had responded to it and it was your topic so i'm giving you the go ahead the reason we didn't do this topic last week is because i was in a very angry place about life and all the things in general. So I really don't want to approach this defensively, but of course there is going to be a certain amount of defensiveness because it's something I said and I stand by a lot of the things that I say. And now I need to explain not just to the person who sent the email, why I think that that's a good idea. And that's part of self-reflection. I think it's extremely healthy that, it's okay to have that first like, fuck you. You don't agree with everything I say. My shit is magic. <laughs> so that, which, which that is literally, and hands go out back and my pigeon chest goes out. What the fuck? And that's what I did, you know? And then I'm like, okay, this is, and then I said, wait a minute, this is what you want. You want people to challenge the things that I say and do so that we can think and discuss and come from different points of view. So absolutely. I did bring it all back. And then say, listen to what they are saying and what maybe is their point of view. What type of person do they usually play with? How do they personally negotiate? What has been their personal experiences? And once I was able to look at that, I was able to also look at how I approach my negotiations and how I approach my topics. The only thing I'll say to start with, what I would say different. Like like if I was to do that segment again and I was to give those ideas and thoughts again, what would I do differently because of this input from the person that emailed? The only thing I would say differently would be if you are somebody who gets subspacey in role play, that that might not be a good idea for you. So now let's talk about why I said something like that, why I would make that type of suggestion. First, if you listen to perverted podcasts, now this is somebody who said they were a new listener and they've only listened to a few episodes. If you listen to more than one or 10 or 20 or 50 or 266 episodes, you are going to hear endless. You heard it in the topic before that we talked about, where it is about empowering the bottom to ask questions, to self-advocate, to seek support if they can't ask those questions, to maybe not play if they are not ready to stand up for themselves, or they need somebody to help them negotiate the play scene. You have heard these things ad nauseum dozens and dozens of times from Kathy and I throughout the history of the show. This show is not, in my opinion, This show is not geared towards predators. This show is geared towards people who have the basic best intention for their partners. There may be ignorance. We may be talking to ignorant abusers because that's what Kathy and I, when we talk about our vulnerability and the things we fuck up and the mistakes we made and irreversible damage there, that's, that's ignorant abuser. That's like, I didn't know and now I learned something and so I'm not going to be uh, I'm not going to do that anymore because it hurts somebody that I that I'm playing with or care about or in a relationship with. 
But in general, we talk to people who want the best. So it is kind of the thrust of that is that if there is a problem that if the top sees that the bottom has gotten all spacey because you put your foot on their back and said, tell me your, tell me your, your limits, that that would be the top's job to dial that back and say, okay, obviously this is not a good time to negotiate. Right. Most people do not go spacey during a little bit of role play. So what I found interesting was in her first, um, paragraph where she says, for me personally, if I'm just playing top or bottom at a club or something, that might work, but not if I am in an actual meaningful power exchange situation. Now, this is a good example of why this is a um, a d- difficult topic, because it's going to be different for everybody. And clearly for Blitz, this is not something that they would do. For me, that statement is actually would be reversed. I would not be comfortable if I were simply playing top or bottom at a club with someone I didn't know that well, I would not be comfortable doing that kind of mid-scene negotiation while you're in, cl- in character. I would be much more comfortable using it with someone I was in a meaningful power exchange relationship with as a tool to use if I was having trouble getting through something. And so I just wanted to say that and, and use that as an example of how how depending on where you're coming from and what your situation is and the level of play you have and how well you know the person, this can be a great thing or it can be an absolutely horrible thing. I think there's a spectrum. And now I'm going to say something that may sound a little attacky of the interpretation of the personality of that letter that I got from Blitz. And that is the savior and protector, which I do constantly. I had to really work hard to realize that not everybody that comes into this lifestyle is a fragile doe that cannot advocate for themselves. There is a desire as a daddy type to protect everybody and to literally talk down to everybody because they need me. To protect them. I did this endlessly and I got called on it in very aggressive ways that I had to look at to say most of the people that come into this lifestyle can speak up for themselves to a certain extent. And if they can't, there is a level of personal responsibility. Yes, on the community to try to give as much information, and that's why we have a show to tell people the basics and that they can stand up for themselves and they should be able to say no and that they can get support and blah, 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 blah. But it still comes down to a basic human responsibility that if you are not ready to advocate for yourself, if you cannot stand up for yourself and say, I don't like this or I need, I deserve to ask a question to protect myself at a certain level, you are not ready to play. And we believe that. And we have talked about that on that show. You should not play. You should not have sex. You should be working on this relationship with yourself that empowers you to feel that you deserve to speak up for yourself. On the other extreme of the spectrum, if you are somebody that feels very confident and you're just like, fuck you, I don't care, rape me and cut off my arm, do whatever the fuck you want. In that far, far extreme, you may not be ready for play. You may have some things that you need to look at in your personal life as to why you're okay with having your arm cut off in a play scene if that's what it is. And I've heard people talk like that, Kathy. Oh, my God. 
if my master decides that it's my time to die, then that's my time to die. And I fully <laughs> give myself in submission to them. I fucking heard it. So maybe you aren't ready to play on that extreme. The majority right. of the people in this lifestyle, I feel, fall somewhere in the middle spectrum where we have some character defects and foibles. I love that word, foibles. <laughs> and and we also have some confidence. And then we create that supportive uh, community with accountability and personal experience. And we all share our experience and we build, hopefully, the best scenario for ourselves so we can enjoy our kinky exploration. Right. A huge topic, a lot to discuss. Um, and thank you so much to Blitz for writing and, and uh, uh, you know, your concerns. The Discord was absolutely right. You should write and stuff like that. We love hearing it. And that's a, a lot of great discussion we just had on that one issue. Is Geeky World News a social enigma? I don't know. Let's ask Enigma. He should know because he's got the same name. Enigma? Yes, I am here. That is good. It is you, I, and some crow eating out of some bag of chips or something that's laying in the parking lot. I mean, I'm glad that they're having a, a, a good meal. It's a good meal. That motherfucker just looked at me sideways. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just totally like turned and says like, Bruh? and I'm like, fuck you. It I'll hurt you. Kick that, I'll kick your bag of chips. <laughs> Trying to do a show. Got to take shit from a fucking bird. What the fuck? How you doing, Enigma? I'm doing like so good, Boogie. Like my mental health is like amazing right now. <laughs> You're high, aren't you? I'm, I don't get high. Uh, <laughs> Enigma, what is your trick? Because the rest of us are out of our fucking tree. Oh, oh, see, uh, what I was just using was sarcasm about, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. you are just a miserable fuck like the rest of us. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, in other words, you got no nookie. No, no, I, I did figure out how to put my phone on a pile of blankets on my bed so that I don't have to hold it while I jerk off. So... Okay, that's good. Yeah, so, like, that's, advancing. That's good. Eventually, you're going to have, like, some suspension rig from the ceiling that just kind of has it hover, you know, like, right there in the in the zone. My my first place in L.A., uh, the room that I was in had it was a bunk bed. And so, like... When you slept on, when I slept on the bottom bunk, I could like squeeze my phone into like the bars under underneath the bed above me, <laughs> and so <laughs> and just watch it from. Yeah, so I could like I could watch porn, I could watch movies, I could just like watch everything just from bed and not have to actually like hold my phone. That is uh, terrifying and amazing. So your uh, your bunk mate was uh, not interrupted by this. I did not have a bunk mate. So you stayed in a bunk bed with nobody on top. Well, I was renting from a kind of a friend of a friend of a friend sort of thing. And the room I was in, typically they rented out on Airbnb. So it was available for two or more people, but I was the only one renting the room. Okay. So it wasn't like awkward. No. Because I always thought about like, how does that even work? You know, you have all these sober living places because I'm looking for a place desperately and it's just all like 10 guys in a room. And I'm like, no, not going to do that. 
not going to stay with uh, 10 other people as fucked up or worse than me in the same room sucking each other's covid and uh depressing victimized life stories not to mention where do you jerk off and where do you have nookie time with your partners exactly in the garage in fry's parking lot with a sideways looking motherfucking crow or that (laughs) actually i've had a lot of sex in this parking lot to be honest I mean, it's a it's a it's a big parking lot. So what do we have? You have a few things, and I actually did a little bit of research because I was curious about the first story about the uh, about sex workers in Japan. Do you want to start with that? Yeah, uh, that, we'll start with that. So this article comes from the New York Post, and the article is called "Sex Workers in Japan to Get Financial Aid During Coronavirus Crisis." So their central government passed a stimulus package equivalent to about $1 trillion U.S. trillion for general economic relief. And then after some pushing, the government relented and allowed uh, for those who work in the legal sex industry to benefit from this plan. So basically in Japan, anything short of sex is legal, but anything that includes sex is not. So like sugar, like the whole sugar baby industry in Japan is huge, but it does not c- include sex work, like actual sex. So, so, there's, so it's silly. So, I mean, does this when they define sex? Is it like intercourse, or is it blowjobs, or hand jobs, or foot jobs? Um, so basically, it, it the the law includes anything, any sort of like intercourse, like any sort of pee and hole sex is is considered illegal. But it like if you're just looking for general companionship, that is not that it, that is considered uh, legal. Okay, so that's like escort kind of thing, but without yes. without sex court. Okay, right. Um, and of of course, there are some issues with the law. Uh, the, this doesn't help those who aren't out with their profession. So if you are more under the table sex work, then the, then you're not going to be able to get any assistance from this. And this, what I found interesting from this is the benefits from this actually uh, went over into Thailand as well, where sex work is entirely criminalized. But the government there is allowing for sex workers to apply for unemployment benefits during the shutdown. So even though they have criminalized it, they're still acknowledging that sex work is important and and sex workers require just as much help as any other worker. So I just found that that found it really interesting. I started reading up on this because the second you said this, I'm like, wait a minute, prostitution's legal in Japan? When would this when did this happen? Um, so I wanted to kind of and, and what I found was pretty much along the same lines as you did. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I was like thinking that it might be like, you know, how in Europe, in a lot of countries, in, in European countries, they actually have it down. You know, sex workers are considered legitimate human beings, just like anybody else. They have the same rights. They're backed in court and they get benefits, health benefits. They pay into the tax system. It's a it works really, really well. The amount of sexual assault of sex workers is far less than we have here because there's no protection of our sex workers because we treat them all like meat and criminals. And I was wondering if it was like that in Japan. And the things that I was finding is the social structure in Japan, like you said before, when they're talking about it being kind of most sex workers are not out because this is a country that has a lot of tradition around family Mm-hmm. And so a lot of sex workers aren't going to be able to get any benefits because the way that the stimulus has worked itself out is you basically have to come out 
as a sex worker, and then your family's going to find out, and there's going to be all sorts of shame and judgment and and social uh, depositioning and things like that. So it sounds like a good idea. A lot of the sex workers are like, yeah, most of us aren't going to be able to get the little bit of money that's not it's kind of like our stimulus in the states you know 1200 bucks you know no one's gonna you know stick up their nose at 1200 bucks but it's sure the fuck not gonna pay oh hang on a second my phone's working just a sec (laughs) enigma yeah you're good yeah hang on Mm -hmm. mew hi i'm recording with enigma right now mew 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 (laughs) that's good mew (laughs) <laughs> See, Mew knows the signal. Are you driving back from your vacation, Mew? Mew. That's good. Did you have a good vacation, Mew? Mew, Mew. Very good, Mew. Okay, well, let me call you back in a little bit when I finish recording with Enigma, okay? Mew, Mew, Mew. Okay, I love you. Okay, that was a call in. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry, Perverted Podcast. I was expecting Mew to, Mew to call. So, yeah, so a lot. So, like, our stimulus package... Um, Twelve hundred dollars is is great to get, but it's not going to pay really enough to survive. You're still going to, and with sex work, you're fucked. You can't interact with clients. It's a physical. It's a physical right. business. It's not like you're you're selling uh, you know toilet paper, and you can kind of have them over there and you're over here. Sex work is about sex and interaction and interacting with a lot of clients on a weekly basis. So even though I thought it was cool that they're at least now starting to acknowledge, okay, they are humans. We have to pretend that they matter. There's still a lot of social work that needs to go. Because until the social outlook on sex work starts to change, any efforts that's going to be made by governments is always going to be tainted because the government doesn't get elected if they are too supportive of sex work because then they're you know they're called a bunch of perverts right does any of that make sense or am i just talking out the side of my ass no yeah you're you're making perfect sense like there's we we i think we think over here that we're just all prudes here but like there's prudes in every culture and there's double there's double standards in every culture so i think um the, the fact that both these countries are supporting sex work is, is a positive thing, but it's, yeah, kind of like we've been talking about before, like, there's still a long way to go. What else you got? So, the next one, if that if that last one is a little too positive, this next one is, call, is from uh, amnesty.org. So, it's the Amnesty International website, and the article is called, Poland, uh, Abortion Ban and Regressive Sexuality Education Laws must not be rushed through under the undercover of COVID-19. Yeah. So Poland, yeah, Poland's uh, parliament is attempting to pass a couple of bills that would ban access to abortions and criminalize sex ed in schools with punishments up to three years in prison. The bill even goes so far as to equate homosexuality to pedophilia. Um, it's bad enough that they're trying to pass these off at all, but they're doing it during COVID-19 while everybody's distracted by all of the madness of that. And what makes this bill even worse, to me anyway, is that the bills are what's called a citizen's initiative. Basically, bills created by a group of citizens in the country and then submitted to the parliament, which has a duty to consider the bills. So under their uh, law structure, they have to at least consider anything that comes um, through these like citizen initiatives. And go, go ahead. 
No, so so basically they have to look at it, but it isn't as though that this is a, a law that's passing. This is just something because we get that a lot here in the States where any wacko conspiracy theorist can get enough signatures on a petition and then they can present it. And if there's enough signatures, then the government has to look at it. But right. it doesn't mean that it's necessarily like the government has, you know, uh, leading politicians haven't taken a hold of this and want to push it through. Or is that the case that it's now gaining ground? The, it, it is getting some ground, but it, yeah, like it's still like their their lawmakers still have to take these people's uh, opinion into into consideration. Like that's how freedom works, I guess. But like, sure, yeah, it's just it's still the fact that they has gotten so far that the that the problem is going to be looking at it is problematic enough. Because we've seen, even in our country, like, shit gets slipped under the rug because of XYZ crisis, and the government decides to pass these things while everybody's distracted. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with the stimulus or any law or anything. It's, you know, this thing is 300 pages long, and half of these politicians, they're like, yeah, I brushed over it. I didn't see the little benchmark thingy in there that said... We get to take the liver of the firstborn of every fucking this person or that person. You know, and there's there's just crazy stuff. And if you aren't thorough, then shitty laws and benefits for people that don't benefit the citizens happen constantly. And that's why you have to have non-politicians, people that are that are good at reading these things that are not in government, that we get these groups together. Like here we have Snopes that does a lot of fact-checking. And wait, what was the other one? Was it Snopes? Uh, Snopes is one, and, and th- th- there's a couple other fact-checker type sites like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is. this is what is so important that before these things get pushed through, that there is a vetting system besides just the government. Right. You know, and this is what we're dealing now with the protests and all the stuff that we have going on here, we can yell and scream and saber rattle all we want, but unless smart people sit at the table and look through this stuff before we pass, because there's a lot of people that, you know, knee-jerk reaction, we're going to pass this law and that law, and there's fucking people that are waiting for that emotional time so they can slip in their agenda and then say they're supporting the thing that everyone else is supporting when, in fact, you're just fucking doing nothing. Right. I don't know what the fuck I'm even saying. I'm staring at a wall. <laughs> All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll close this up with a, uh, a a fun little segment. This one comes from uh, www.insider.com. And this one is called Make It a Little Kinky. New York City health officials release sex advice telling residents to use props and wear masks to avoid face-to-face contact. They give suggestions like, if two is company, then three or more is definitely a crowd, so no orgies. And be creative with your sexual positions, like doggy style, cowgirl, other writer positions where you don't have to be face-to-face. And physical barriers, like walls. Or, wait, like glory holes? Yep. The the Ah. New York York City health officials have officially endorsed glory holes to help with sexual release. That is amazing. Open for business. Yes, indeed. And also, New York City will be doing free deliveries of condom and lube for, you know, safety. You know what this all comes down to, doesn't it, Enigma? I don't. What does it come down to? Motherfucking shower curtains. (laughs) Thank you. Exactly. Now, all of a sudden... I am validated. You guys laughed at me. 
You laughed at me, Kathy. Laughed at me. You're such an idiot. Blah, blah, blah. Shower curtains. New York. A rather progressive city. One of the biggest financial contributors to the money in America. (laughs) They support it. I am. Yeah, and now you have a chance with Kathy, Boogie. I am. Just send her the article. I am Big Apple vindicated, goddammit. Shower <laughs> curtains for everyone to Walmart. It's no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I have a tarp. I can cut a hole in it. It'll work out. Well, that's good. Now you just need to find a partner to tarp fuck. Yep, that's that. That'll be the hard part. And so, Enigma, if these kooky kids want to find us on social stuff, where do they go? Well, they can find us on Instagram at Perverted Podcast. They can find us at Twitter at Perverted Pcast. They can find us on FetLife. Just search Perverted Podcast. There's both a group and a page. And if you want to find our, all the articles that I talked about today, just go to our website, www.pervertedpodcast.com, and you can find the link to our Discord. And a glory hole. And a glory hole. Perverted Mailbox, bitch, what you gotta say? Kathy. It is I, Mr. Darcy. Will you give us the perverted mailbox, baby? Okay, now, now you guys don't don't fucking ruin Mr. Darcy for me. I'm <laughs> telling you, I will hurt you. That is it's my me. I'm Mr. Dar- oh, sorry, I won't take Stop her. Away. It. Yes, I'm Mr. Okay. Darcy's like shitty drunk brother, <laughs> like Mr. <Ew>. Farsi. <laughs> I'm Mr. Farsi, and I can never live up to Mr. Darcy, and so I just, like, I, you know, I show up, and you and Mr. Darcy are hanging out, and you're like, oh, my God, Mr. Darcy, you're so cool, and, and I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? It's me, Mr. Farsi, and you're like, oh, my God, it's my shitty twin drunk brother, Mr. Farsi, and I'm like, hey, guys, can I hang out with you? And you're like, my God, you are the antithesis of Mr. fucking Darcy. Get out of here, and I'm like, can you guys give me five bucks so I can get a fucking fat burger? And you guys are like, fine, here's five bucks, go away, and I'm like, I love you, I'm hot, because I'm brothers with Mr. Darcy, so vicariously that rubs off on me. Bye. Are you through ruining it for me? Gonna go get a burger. Go I'll get be your back. Freaking burger, Mr. Farsi. You sound like we- a bad Dickens character. <laughs> can, can we go on a date? Can we go on a date? You're like, this is my fucking lame brother, but unfortunately he's a little special, so we gotta take him places. What are we going to do now? Mr. Darcy's rubbing your leg and he's like, oh, I'm going to fuck your fucking brains out later. And Stop I'm like, it. You guys should get cootie shots. And I stick my two fingers in that X that you give kids the cootie shots with. And you guys are like, oh, my God, where is the eject button for fucking this guy? You know, you're going to have to edit all this shit out, right? Nope. It's all staying. <laughs> Path Girl says, hey, guys, listen to the last episode. And it was fucking hysterical as usual. Thank you so much. Just wanted to let you know that Boogie is even more of a freak than we knew because he is not crazy. He is correct. A person can blow air out of the corners of their eyes. Thank you. All right, Mr. Glow. Half girl are legitimately like sciencey chop people pieces up person. Chop sciencey chop people up person is that what you just called her yeah it's hot it's It's so sciencey all right she says the ducks in the corner of your eyes are called lacrimal ducks which normally produce small amounts of fluid that keep your eyeballs lubricated and obviously produce tears there's normally a small valve there that opens and closes to let that fluid out and in some people there is either an absence of that valve or the duct can be enlarged and while blowing their nose air can be blown out from it 
Vindication! <laughs> so, Kathy, I love you to death, but in this case, Boogie is right. <laughs> I have air that comes out of my eyeballs. Do you know how horrifying I find that, that you have air that comes out of your eyeballs? That is so bizarre. Well, it just throw it onto the pile of things that makes Boogie unique. He eats bugs. He blows air out of <laughs> he blows his eyeballs. Air. <laughs> I come like a fucking drizzle. Jess, what are you going to do? Okay, just to be clear, it's not always a drizzle. Sometimes it's a blue shoot drizzle. Oh, my God. Okay. I got you insecure there. I didn't need to hear that. I totally I got totally to insecure that. there for a moment. Like, hey, you know, you know, it's not that bad. It's not, you know, women. Women still want to fuck me. I need groupies. Oh, Kathy, that's right. That's right. I forgot my revelation. What revelation? My, my revelation that I I don't, I need to go on the, this is going to sound bad to just blurt it out. Well, you want to just record it and put it back in Potato Mayhem? No, I want to do it now, here, okay. rebel. I want to <laughs> rebel. Right, I still have more mailbox stuff, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. So I thought, I'm like, it just occurred to me, you know, because I have that shitty reputation of like, oh, you only date younger hot chicks, which yes. currently right now, yes, uh, uh, the three or four partners that I play with, they're they're all, you know, they're all in their early, mid-20s. Um, and that's fine and amazing and hot. Fuck you. But it doesn't mean that I don't like women my own age or even women that are older than me. That doesn't mean that. It just means that I don't, I haven't. I'm not with any of them. And and believe me, I've tried because all of a sudden I'm sitting in the car after I ate the bug and and I'm like, you know, Kathy, I need a middle-aged play partner that like has a job in their own place. So I could go there, shower, cook them a meal, fuck their brains out, watch a movie with them, and then leave. That's I is think that that's bad? a win-win for her. So that's what I'm saying. And I've had so many of those. I mean, I, when I was younger, I dated primarily older women. And, and that was what was great is because I realized all of my partners, I can't go to anyone's house and I don't have a place right now. They all live at, at, at home with their parents still because they're all in college or doing, you know, different stuff. And I'm like, shit, that's one of the benefits of of dating people my own age is they've gone through all their shit they have a job and they probably have their own place so what did you say you you show up you cook them a meal you fuck their brains out, and then you leave yeah throw in take the trash out and that's a done deal can i take your trash out kathy <laughs> do you want to have sex with it. mr farsi <laughs> ew stop I'll it take your, i'll take your trash out you know what? That I actually thought I'm not going to tell the Mr. Darcy story because Boogie will find some way of fucking me over with that and ruining my fantasy. I'm not going to ruin your fantasy. I'm you just already the, have, I, Mr. Farsi. I well, I that's <laughs> notice. I'm not trying to be Mr. Darcy anymore. You said you said now, that was off limits, wait, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll just be Mr. like the, every time Mr. Darcy pops into my head. Now I'm going to see Mr. Farsi standing next to him. <laughs> You'll get over it. Oh my. You're like that, and you know what he looks like? That drunk character in The Simpsons. I don't know the name. I don't know the show that well. <laughs> what, fucking Barney or not Barney? Yeah, the fucking the guy who looks like, blah! Yes. Ah, Homer! Homer! <laughs> ah, I drank 15 beers! Yeah. Oh, wait, no, that went exactly. to beat Puma. That's Mr. Farsi. Great. 
right. Should I go on? Yeah, probably. But no, I actually, I I like that idea. I, I think it's about time you started dating older women. <laughs> well, it's not that I haven't looked, but it's your, okay, the reason I haven't connected with a lot of women my age, and this is what you and I talked about yesterday, and it's just a fact. You and I have a lot of baggage. Yep. You and I, because we've been through a lot, we've seen a lot, we're cynical and bitter and whatever. And so a lot of the exploration part is gone. And I'm all about the exploration. So I like, that's why I like new people because they're like hungry and they're like, I want to discover shit about myself. And then I get a chance to be the daddy and the leader and, and show things and, you know, interact and find out what they're about and bring that out of them. And, and so first, it's just a fact that, that that a lot of people my age, a lot of women my age, may have some of that citizen cynicism and bitterness, and I just I don't connect to it. Right. Well, not all women your age are cynical and bitter, though. You are correct. That's why we have a big lifestyle full of middle-aged women. So basically, where are my middle-aged hoes in Los Angeles that want a meal and some dickin'? <laughs> I, I I don't think you scored a lot of points by calling out for a middle-aged hose. I I'm think just I giving did. you that advice. Well, like we said, I'm a front. I'm just putting it out there. I just, you know, if you can't handle being called a middle-aged hoe by Count Boogie, you ain't ready to be my middle-aged hoe. Oh, my God. Uh, good luck with that. Boy, I'm going to have a lot of editing today. <laughs> you are. We're all over the place. This show's not coming out till Friday. <laughs> All right, Bakura wrote to us and he said, Kathy, I think you and Boogie both earned the right to enjoy being fingered in cemeteries. Thanks, thanks Bakura. Ow! <laughs> I'm not going to finger your butthole, man. No, stay away from my little precious button. <laughs> he also says, also happy belated birthday, Boogie. That's nice. I like when people yeah, say thank that. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Sissy Millie wrote to us and said, can I get some swag for being a Zam? And when I wrote back to her and said, absolutely, do you want a... a you know, a sticker or a pin. She says, I'll take whatever the fuck you send me. I know it's a pain in the ass to go to the post office and mail this crap, especially in these weird times. I'm grateful for whatever I get. Thank you and Boogie so much for keeping the show going through these crazy times. Keep up the hard work and stay safe. Isn't that sweet? That is amazingly sweet. Because of that, I am sending both a sticker and a button. Wow. So basically, there's a, you just gave a diagnostic. Suck Kathy's dick a certain way and you get more stuff. At least I'm being honest, Boogie. At least you're laying out. <laughs> Here's the way to my heart is straight through my ego. I love it. I love exactly. it. <laughs> Bring Don't. me a sandwich, preferably without a bug on it, and that seals the deal. <laughs> That's called a callback, Kathy. Good job. Two points. Oh, my God. Oh, yay! And with that, we... Close out show 266. Thank you, you lovely and amazing Patreon supporters. We love each and every one of you for the value you see in our show and for gifting us five of your hard-earned bucks once a month. And Headley, I don't know what to say, man. We must be legit if we have a show sponsor like you. Write to us, motherfuckers, at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com so Boogie and I don't feel like we're screaming into the void. Don't scream into the void, Boogie. <laughs> okay, wait. I'm going to put Frightened. a delay effect. Let's do a falling off the cliff delay void effect. Are you ready? One, two, three. Splat! 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 <laughs> <laughs>
I love you. We'll see you guys next week. Woohoo! Appropriate.